I love this uh, message here on Twitch.tv. Search my name. Ebo says hit the follow button. I think his name is Poop Shooterton. <laughs> well, I mean, the name is hilarious. Poop shooter. But he's like, what's up, turd sniffers? And I said, eh, nothing. What about you? He goes, living the good life after not watching the Brewers poop the bed last night. It was pretty nice not to uh, endure the Milwaukee Brewers. And then to wake up to get angry about them all over again to like yell into the the abyss about it. Rowdy to the point was so happy the Brewers didn't play last night that he actually got Rowdy good sleep last night, correct? Yeah, and it was nice and relaxing. Watched a couple documentaries and, and wins in his bets. And Dan, two wins in the Razor's Edge. <laughs> so I think that just means right now no more Brewers bets. I think the, the even, tide's even starting pushes, to turn. Even pushes, no, though. No, we, You don't we, risk it on, on those Brewer bets until the Brewers' tide starts turning. We we said, though, that the Brewers lost, that the bets lost, that we would do no, no more Brewers bets. They were both pushes, right, Rowdy? Yeah, they were both pushes. And I'm going to have to, over the weekend, go back and check to see what the Woodruff, Burns, and Peralta F5 year, for the total year are currently because oh, they probably still pretty they, good. They were on yeah. fire Those in that five, first yeah. first five weeks of the season. It was like if you were betting that every single game, you could almost retire. They were in fuego. All right, so well, yesterday something happened, or I say didn't happen in baseball. The Brewers didn't lose, and we they didn't win either. But they didn't lose. We need to be mad about it. But also, believe it or not, there was not a no hitter thrown last night. I feel like every time we wake <laughs> up, there's another no hitter being thrown. So before that, though, it was uh, Corey Kluber for the Yankees. He threw the MLB's second no-hitter in less than 24 hours. Three teams have been no-hit twice, and <laughs> it's it's pretty wild, dude. And, and they're one, on pace. one team has been no-hit once. Yes. So, Asterix. Uh, well, also, <laughs> yes. You know, this, so this is hilarious. You, you said no, another no-hitter wasn't thrown last night. Mm-hmm. So the, close. the baseball season – has officially been playing for 50 days. We're almost creeping up on two months. Obviously, if you dive 50 by six, they're averaging a no-hitter one every 8.33 days. What? (laughs) And that's that's not counting Madison Bumgarner's complete game. Shut out with Even it was air a no hitter. as yeah. it was a no hitter for seven inning double. Yeah, header. Madison Bumgarner threw a no hitter, but by the eyes of Major League Baseball, since it was only a seven inning game because it was a double header, that they don't count it as a no hitter. Even though it's mandated that it's seven innings. Yes, and it's a full game. So yes. are, you, are you telling me? Let's say so there should be seven. Let's say that went to extras. If it went to nine it, innings, they would to, count yeah. it. Yeah, that's so dumb. Because the rule is, in because I was because we were so mad about it that Bumgarner, you know, didn't get counted as a no hitter, but it was just a complete game. We looked up the rule, and the rule was I, I forget what man what um I forget what um, a no hitter has to go at least, at least nine, nine innings. Yeah, I forget the but, I mean, the commissioner that made that rule. It was before C League, I think. So who was it before C League? I think it was that guy, whoever it was. But it was uh, it was that he made the rule that it had to go nine innings to be considered a no hitter. So even though the Major League Baseball mandated seven inning double headers, which is a, so, a Major League Baseball mandate, it yeah, still did not consider a no hitter. And like you guys were talking about before with unwritten rules of baseball, and I guess now even written rules of baseball are so archaic. Yeah, you're you're losing fans, and you don't even know it. Okay, so Rowdy made something a comment. You know, this was after Wednesday, Thursday, I think Rowdy said before the show. Did you say something along the lines like, no hitters aren't cool, like turn and be not cool anymore? Well, or am I, I mean, making that up in just, my mind? You kind of are making it up in your mind. <laughs> Obviously, there's there's still cool. There's only 312 that have ever been thrown in the history of baseball. 
six this year. And, but they're but on pace for six, how many this year? Eighteen. It was you over said? eighteen. Yeah, eighteen point five or but something. But it was like, like that. It, it's over. It's over. It's over. Just barely under a week. Every week you're seeing one. Like that was that we just spelled it out. There's been every little over eight days. There's been a no hitter roughly thrown. <laughs> like it, it's becoming commonplace where it's like, oh, this guy just threw a no hitter. Yeah. Cool. So. Well, to your point, like, no-hitters are cool. Don't get me wrong either. But to Rowdy's point, too, it's like, another no-hitter? Like, I thought these things were, like, special. Yeah, like, here, I'll read them off. So the first one of the season was Joe Musgrove. That's not a guy when you think no-hitters that you really think of, right? A guy that pitched for the Pirates that was average at best and now having a nice season in San Diego. Mm -hmm. He threw it on April 9th. Then it was Carlos Rondon through the second one. Rondon. He's a Chicago White Sox. He threw it on April 15th. Literally six days later. Did his manager get pissed about it? No, I think he was pretty happy. I think Larusa was pretty pumped about but it. In he, fact, he let him pitch over a hundred and like hundred and nineteen pitches. He or probably something. did consider going to the pen. But no, Carlos Rondon, another guy, nice pitcher. Rondo. Yeah. You don't think of a he's yeah, not a guy when ours. you think of a, a no hitter. You're going to really go to right. Yeah. John Means, he's a he's another young promising pitcher for the Baltimore Orioles. Again, it's not a guy that when you think no hitters and perfect games that pops into your mind. Didn't you try to bet on John Means two night two days ago, or was that? Yeah, then the bullpen blew it. But yeah. we actually, if you remember correctly, we actually bet on John Means and that no hitter. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We already got it. And that was on May fifth. And then we also uh, the very next one after that was Wade Miley, obviously old friend, but you don't think of him being a, a guy no-hitter. that is a big time <laughs> great pitcher. Well, he had the temporary Hulk tattoo. So and he threw it on he May seventh. And if you remember correctly, we bet on that one too. Yeah, Rowdy got that one too. <laughs> so that was uh, Wade and Miley then. So that was May 7th, so just two days after John Means. And then the last two were this week. Spencer Turnbull <laughs> on May 18th and Corey Kluber, May 19th. So with that, there's one big league pitcher, the Dodgers ace, Clayton Kershaw. And he is not a fan of all these no-hitters. He's saying it's bad for the sport and that Major League Baseball is to blame because they have now with the new dead in baseball. So Kershaw said, quote, it's not good, I'll tell you that. I think whatever the intention was with the new ball or whatever it may be, it really hasn't done anything. There might be less home runs, which I guess they want, but I don't know the stats on all that. But I do know that strikeouts are the same. I think I saw some stats for April that it was the worst hitting month in the history. No hitters are cool. I have all the respect in the world for Corey Kluber and Madison Bumgarner and all the guys that have thrown no hitters. But to have one happen every night... Didn't throw one. <laughs> but to have one happen every night, it seems like it's probably not good for the game. Fans want to see some hits. I get that, and some action, and not that many people striking out. I appreciate the attempt that Major League Baseball has tried to do, but I think it seems like they missed the mark so far, just how I see it. Is he one of the guys who was complaining about how live the baseball was? I don't think so. Uh, No, I think... Was Kershaw complaining about how the baseball had extra bounce to it? I I know Scherzer definitely Scherzer, yeah. I thought it was uh, Verlander. Oh, oh it yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. Ver- it was I'm pretty Ver- sure it was Verlander. I think you're right, Rowdy. Yeah. Um, but still, like the fact you, I, I like that there's pitchers out there who being like, this is bad baseball. I mean, usually you'd think uh, you'd have pitchers agreeing with it and being like, especially because awesome, their blah, blah. stats are, especially the yeah. ones that are continuing to they're get better. By yeah. Them. And what? I, I think I heard somewhere. Major League Baseball is on pace 
to have a better pitching performance than uh, what was it back when uh, Gibson ended the year with like a one. Three, well, three. I have ERA a stat right here in the 60s. 60s. Yeah, yeah, 60s. And then they, well, I have they it right here, lowered I the mound. Yeah, yeah, I have it right here. The league right now, uh, well, this was as of, this was before last night's action. The league is hitting 236 this year, which would be the lowest batting average in history. The league hit 237 in 1968, the year yeah. before Major yeah. League Baseball lowered the mound. The year of the pitcher. Yeah. And, yeah. And, I mean, you, That's could, crazy. Still, you could still go through that era. And probably, I guess, maybe the mound had a lot to do with it. Because there's still guys you can go down a list and like go with a whole bunch of guys who probably still hit well above 239. Yeah, yeah that's just the average. And then yeah, the now average. here, league-wide, you're just seeing horrible hitting. And whether you want to say it's the analytics where people... The launch are, angle, the exit launch velocity. Angle, you know what? Up until recently, never heard about that. And it, like... Honestly, in baseball, I was never a good hitter. The she-gone movement, was, RJ. You hit a home run or you strike out. And I struck out a lot. Right. But at a really good on-base percentage. Because you got hit. Because I was tiny, and I didn't get out of the way of pitches. Yeah. <laughs> RJ was a young Wilson Contreras. Two, two points. <laughs> Lean into it a little the bit. The <laughs> first one, like you guys were saying, strikeouts way up. Obviously, batting average continuing to drop. Every the la- You can look at it the last... Decade, it's like strikeouts continue to go up, average continues to go down, and home runs either continue to be uh, new records or right in the area of new records. And it's just, it's sad to watch. Uh, It's it's harder to watch, and it's all analytics driven. Yes. And And the second point is, I would kill to see the Brewers. Uh, team average be two thirty seven. And that's, that's what's terrible. the Brewers team average? I gotta it look didn't that up. Didn't go down yesterday. Uh, oh, it didn't go up either. I think it's two thirteen. Oh my god! For the god. month, it's like two oh eight. All right, oh. I'm, I'm getting it up right now. So the league average two thirteen. Oh sweet god! The league average right now two thirty six. Now this was this was before last night's action. Two thirty six, which would be the lowest batting average in history. The league hit two thirty seven in nineteen sixty eight, the year before they lowered the mound. <laughs> so what are they going to do next? No, no, they've Lower already the been again? talking about it. They're not talking about lowering the mound. They're talking about uh, moving the mound backwards. Oh yeah. yeah. So after Why? the last couple of games where the Brewers got some hits, their average is now up to two eleven for May. Ooh. Okay, that's just in May. That's just in May. Two thirteen overall. Yeah, two thirteen overall. To tear the cover off the ball. Yeah. The Seattle Mariners are the league's worst at 198, but then the Brewers are second to last. 177 in May, but they've also been no hit twice in this month, I believe. <laughs> no hit twice. And the Indians are also there well, with the Brewers at For the Brewers to get to 237, they're going to have to raise their batting average by at least 20 points. So, I mean, I'd love to see it. 215 in April, though, so there's that. <laughs> so, well, at least I have that going for me. Jeez. What did you say, Rowdy? The, the what? To raise it to the league average? Yeah, if they raised it to the league average, they'd be winning a hell of a lot of games. Well, we don't know that. They they still I, I had think it would like, help. They still had like what eight hits the other night. I think it would help. I think it and would help. they that's still how win. they raised their average. Yeah, but, <laughs> but they didn't win. No, they didn't. They went one for twelve. Yeah, they did not <laughs> win. Two for twelve with runners win. in scoring position. All right, so does Clayton Kershaw have a point though? To get back to where we started here, is this bad for the league? All these no hitters. They're on pace for how many, Rowdy? 18? It was over 18. Jesus. You know, I would say no if league-wide batters 
weren't just horrible. I mean, <laughs> league-wide, it looks like, you know, the guy who's just... Okay, well, if this you're, is... If you're watching a fight and a guy is clearly outclassing the other guy, but yet isn't knocking him out or anything like that, and just the fight just keeps going on for the sake of scoring points, like... That's what this is becoming. You're talking like, about Floyd Mayweather? Yeah. Like, <laughs> you know, yes. you're not going for the knockout because you just want to show your superiority. You're watching pitchers get better and more pitchers being able to throw 95-plus. Like, the batters, nobody knows how to bunt anymore. Nope. Nobody knows how to hit directionally anymore. Like, nope. the shift was brought in because a lot of hitters can only do one thing at the plate. So people shift, and you're complaining about getting out because you can't hit it outside of that one spot where they specifically put a guy because, guess what? It shows you are a bad hitter, and that's the only place you can do it unless it's a pop fly. See, I, I disagree on this a little bit because I, the, the hitters aren't worse. Like, look at every single sport, NBA, NFL, MLB, NHL. I think we, we could all easily say that the players and the athletes continue to get better and better with technology and with, uh, you know, like yeah, yeah. lifting weights and nutrition and, and all that. And the specialists. It's not that the hitters aren't good. It's their approach sucks. Oh, it's their approach. But it's the she gone that movement. makes them worse. That's, well, yeah, that's okay, but think about this. Yeah. Them physically, right. they're no. not worse. Yeah. They, they have all the talents that everyone in the past has Statistically had. Statistically not But great. their approach is, is so worse. poor and so, and it's all analytically driven. It's yeah. swing it's, for the fences or strike out. It's because they said, well, the analytics tell us that if you swing for the fence every single time and you hit 30 home runs, but you bat 210, that's going to be uh, more of a, a positive for our team long-term because we're going to score more, more runs. runs. Like, look at Keston here. The guy's got some of the best hands in Major League Baseball, and I'm not mm -hmm. kidding with that. Yeah, he's, he, yeah. he does have some oh, of the absolutely. quickest best hands in baseball, but what has his swing looked more and more since he came up the second time in 2019? Uppercuts. It's been, yeah, he's swinging for the fence every single time. Two strikes. Yeah. He's swinging for the fence yeah. every single time. You can't tell me that a guy like Keston Hero with his hands can't choke up on the bat and shoot it to right field if he needed to yeah. with two strikes. He's just not even trying to do it. Right. He's trying to hit it out of the park. All right, here's what we're going to do. Take Spreads a step back. My next point. Fire Andy Haynes. Fire Andy Haynes. We're gonna, I want to continue this conversation because with all the no-hitters out there, the league also implemented the MLB narcs this year that are out to get the pitchers for having illegal substances on their fingers. i got to talk about that. Got to talk back to this, the she gone, the launch angle, the exit velocity. And specifically on the uh, the topic we're uh, on right now, this Major League Baseball and the no-hitters. Surprisingly, there was not another no-hitter thrown last night, believe it or not. But they are on pace for over 18. And the record, Rowdy, what the, what is the record for no-hitters? Eight? Eight. And that's before the modern that's era? That's before the modern era. That's 1884. Then in the modern, modern era, era, it's seven. And that was in uh, the 90s in 2012. All right, so we we're have, already at six. Already at six. What? We haven't even hit June yet. Well, so Raphael, five, right? No, we're at six. six technically seven. seven. Yeah. Well, it but, should be seven, but according to Major League Baseball, it doesn't count. Yep. Because it was seven in game. Raphael, though, our gambler of the stars, he's in Vegas. One of the line makers out there. He sent me an email yesterday, and it's MLB no hitter prop. Oh. And it's total Major League Baseball no-hitters in the Major League Baseball regular season. And there's an asterisk or, or a little you know disclaimer. must be 
full game, no hitters, not seven inning ones. The over-under for no hitters thrown this season is set at 12 and a half. Let's hit it. Woo. Let's take it. The, we'll, we'll the all, over, all three of us will chip in. The over is the underdog at plus 110. I got some change in my car. Yeah, let's take it. The under is minus 140. Let's let's go with the over. I would I would hit the I would go the over. Let's do it. Brody, you said they're averaging every eight point whatever days, days. as a no hitter zone. Yep. How many days are left? <laughs> a lot. <laughs> well, you'd have to go until what, it was like seventy five percent of the season uh, left. October. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot. So there you go. The over under in the eyes of Vegas or some in Vegas is set at twelve and a half this season. All right, so I got two tweets. I think I would rather Ryan, see. You're, you're I think you should get a line from Raf if he can come up with a line. Will the Brewers be no hit this season? Doesn't yes it, or no? Doesn't it feel inevitable? What about if the Indians, Mariners, or a third time? Uh, yeah. Indians, or, Mariners, and the, um, who's the other team? There's yeah, three teams were no hit twice already. Indians, Mariners, in. I can't remember. All right, well, whoever that is. Where's the research Rangers. department? Yeah, the Rangers. Oh, Rangers. Thank you, the Rangers. Uh, if they'll get no hit a third time. <laughs> I mean, the trend would be CS, wouldn't yeah. it? <laughs> so, Could you imagine if like they're on pace for roughly 18 no hitters and the only teams to get no hit are those three teams six different times. Dude, I'd, like, w- Would you look at your hitting coach and be like, dude, we'd rather hire Andy Haynes than having you. Yeah, at least he ain't getting no hit. Well, it's. I feel like it's like Thanos. It's, it's inevitable. inevitable. <laughs> Someone's just going to snap their fingers on that mound, and the Brewers are going to get no hit. So two. I got some tweets. Here. I think I'd rather watch someone snap their fingers and just watch some of their hitters disappear. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Might be better than what they put up there. What did it cost, Rowdy? Everything. You got to like how two of those are in the same division. It's hilarious. Well, I mean, two of those teams are. Well, the Mariners are the worst average in the majors, right? And yet somehow the Texas. Texas Rangers have is the worst it, is record. It, is it wild that those two are in the same division, or is it wild that the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim are also <laughs> oh, in Anaheim. that division, and I believe they are towards the bottom, and I think it's everyone would agree with this. They have two of the top five best players in baseball. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so real quick. All right. It was the Mariners, the Rangers, Rangers and the Indians. Yep. The Mariners have the worst batting average in the league at 198. They've been no hit twice. The Indians have the the, the the Indians are tied with the Milwaukee Brewers for second worst in the majors at 213. And then the uh, what do we say? Rangers. And the Rangers are 16th. Yeah, Rangers can hit a little bit. So if you are looking at the Indians who've already been no hit twice and the Mariners who've been no hit twice. Smack dab in the middle of those two teams are the Milwaukee Brewers when it it's comes coming. to team average. It's coming. Like I said, it is inevitable. It just feels inevitable. So right here, Muzz Infamous on Twitch. What's up, brother? He says, all these no-hitters are all right in my book. All this does is expose batters and their poopy approach at the plate. J8 Krebs tweets my Twitter account. Ebo says, what's up, Jordan? He says, the hitters are absolutely worse. They don't know how to hit anymore. Sure, they have the same or more talent, but they stink. Rowdy, you're wrong. Tony Gwynn or Ichiro would bat 350 in today's Major League Baseball. Yeah, because they're all timers. <laughs> and and of course, Pete Rose would like be hitting 500. And Ted but that's Williams but the, but the thing like is, 
but the thing is, here's would Tony Gwynn and Ichiro hit 350 if they were in today's league? I would say yes, but I would also say I don't know. Because what if the hitting coach and the front office... What if he was Andy what Haynes if, as a hitting if, coach? No, what if they tell them, we don't want you playing that type of baseball. We want you swinging, we want for, the you swinging for the fences. I'd ask to be traded. Now, granted, the Royals where they actually manufacture runs? Yeah. Now, granted, if if they just let them go and let them be, could they hit 350 in today's MLB? Yeah, sure, for sure. There's, there's two of the greater hitters to ever live. Mm-hmm. Who but, doesn't love the slap bat from Ichiro? But if they were asked... To hit home runs and not to take that approach at the plate, I don't think they hit 350. Because that's what they're asking the players now, right? It's like, yo, here's what the nerds that are pushing the numbers are saying. Swing as hard as you can and hit the ball out of the park. And if you don't and you strike out, then we'll live to do it again the next day and the day after that and the day after that. You lost to a bunch of nerds. Nerds! (laughs) Are nerds literally ruining baseball? Are nerds the reason to blame the guys with the pocket protectors, the glasses, and the calculators, the T9, the T, what are the, the T93, what are the Texas? Oh, the uh, Texas Instrument. Yeah, uh, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Are they ruining baseball on these hitters? It's the She Gone movement, all because of nerds? I 100% think they are. <laughs> yeah. The friggin' I mean, nerds! I, I am, as a diehard Brewer fan, nerds. I'm getting tired of watching the Brewers play. I was considering not even watching them this weekend until Sunday. You're going to watch. You'll watch. Well, actually, Rowdy, usually when he says something, he does it. I mean, you you look at it, and we've even talked about NFL teams now having analytics teams who crunch numbers for... Uh, like when Matt LaFleur decided to go for the field goal instead of let Aaron Rodgers go four down territory? Yeah. Hey, the numbers no, said they had a half percent did, better chance of winning with the I'm field sh- goal. I'm not sure I've seen the Packers, though, have like straight up listed on their staff an analytics team. But there are teams that have an analytics coach and help make oh, decisions. Yeah. yeah, they exist. Oh, which, yeah. You know what? They got guys that just crunch numbers. And some of those have never called a football um, game before. Yeah, you're right. Was it the Titans? What no, they was, all have them. They all have the analytics the, uh, numbers. What was guys. the coach or the position that got thrown out uh, when the Cubs were beating people? You remember what I'm – Oh, it was the, like the, the hitting and pitching. production. Hitting, pitching, and production. Uh, oh, yeah. What the hell was I can't title? remember what the title was, but it was a special title that was like the right hand of the right hand of the right hand. Yeah. yeah. Hitting, pitching, it was, like, it was like nobody. He was a nobody. Yeah. He was the fall guy for sure for those little... It was like uh, the, yeah, it, the throwing uh, behinds. And, it was basically he was like the, uh, the analytics where officer. Where I'm yeah. going with that is... Is there any way that any of these uh, big league teams can suspend their analytic guy and suspend oh, him for a game for lack of hits and lack of runs? I uh, just was Googling NFL and analytic coaches. It's the quality control coach to extract the data in preparation for assembling the game plan for the week for the coaches. So they're essentially called quality control coaches. Which So they analyze the data, allows them to look at things like the opponent's tendencies in third downs by formation, opponent's favorite plays in third and short, their percentage of run pass by formation, and other situations pertinent to situational football. Whatever happened to just going through gut? I get it. I get it. Like, analytics, time and place for things, sure. But sometimes I'm a big believer in that there's you can feel energy and you can feel momentum and a flow of a game. And if you're feeling something, you oh, know you could. Be- I thought you were going to say you you felt energy and flow in your stomach. I was going to say that probably resulted in a puke. <laughs> Either that or you had to go sit down real quick. So you could have been watching the Brewers. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, they make me want to puke sometimes when I'm watching them. 
But yeah, they have all this thing now, which is analytics. I mean, some people say it's ruining the game. Others say it's making it smarter. I just, well, look at Major League Baseball specifically right now. Analytics, when it comes to hitting, you could say is destroying the Milwaukee Brewers. The she-gone yeah. movement. I mean... Well, this, this kind of is... You have to notice whatever is going on with your approach at the plate, it's not working. It's Obviously. not. And you can say, well, look, we just got 10 hits last game. How many runs did it produce? That weren't runs that were created by a home run or somebody really fast at first. It, it produced very little because you're still... What, I mean, you went on that stretch of six for 56 with runners in scoring position? No, 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 no. It was five for 60. Oh, and sorry. That, that, that was five for, I think it was five for 61, actually. It was five for 60, and that was including a, a game. That was five for 60, but that was including a game where they scored 10 runs, and then you remember they had the day off, and then they picked it right back up and went one for 12 again. <laughs> but... Yeah, Rowdy, and you said this, and I think you said this best, and it was right before Dave Esler came up last Friday. Did you really need those analytics to tell you the Brewers stink? Those advanced analytics to tell you the Brewers stink? You and just, the answer is no. Yeah, you just look at them. But Man, uh, you stink. Oh, I forgot what I was going to say. Sorry, I didn't interrupt you. You think about it. Because right now, what's happening with the Brewers is it's it's I can't unsee it. Someone needs to be the fall guy. It's going to be Andy Haynes. But maybe just like that today, tonight, in Cincinnati, 6-10, maybe they snap right out of it. The only saving grace they have is they hit a lot of fly balls. And that ballpark let on hot days. So if it's a nice day in uh, Cincinnati, we could be seeing a lot of home runs. Rowdy, do you remember your, th- your thought? No, I can't. It's escaped me. All right, Cincinnati, RJ, tonight... Uh, first pitch six ten eighty four degrees at six o'clock, and it won't get down to seventy the seventies until nine. There could be balls that end up in the Ohio River tonight. I think that's the Ohio River right there. Someone's dunking their balls in some water. Yeah, get them get your balls wet. It's gonna uh, be hot. In Cincinnati gotta cool off some. Gotta cool them off. Gonna be hanging low. All right, Rowdy, we got uh, a lot of people singing up. Very complimentary of Wisconsin sports right now. Well, truth hurts, doesn't it? I don't know if I like this, though. The Reds are hitting a cool 250. I love my Fridays. Why? Well, the work week's ending, obviously. But if you're a better money don't sleep, the work never stops. That's why we welcome in this cat. Why I love my Fridays, Dave Essler. What's up, Dave? Evo, what's up with you guys? No hitters. (laughs) So, Dave, Dave, real quick, buddy. Uh, I have this bet. Uh, from my one of my other guys in Vegas, and he set the line at the over under of no hitters in Major League Baseball at twelve and a half. The overs yeah. at plus one ten, the under minus one forty. What do you think of that? I would have to take the under. I mean, I think this is a big time anomaly, and I think it's I think it's a lot of factors, but one that people aren't talking about. I mean, like Clayton Kershaw said, oh, it's the dead and ball. It's bad for the game, and you know, yes, it was it was like as you mentioned, three of those. Teams were no hit twice, but you got to remember that a lot of those teams, especially the crappy teams, they uh, there was no minor leagues last year, so a lot of those guys hadn't hadn't played in a year, and a lot of those teams they depend on those kind of guys. And yeah, in the fact that 
you know, temperatures haven't warmed up yet. It's been cold. It hasn't been great hitting weather. So I'm going to take the I'm going to take the under. Um, I don't like paying minus 140, but I'm going to take the under. You know, if you look at the list of pitchers that threw those no hitters, it's not guys you wouldn't expect. Yeah. So, Dave, let me ask you then, brother. So the Indians been no hit twice. The Seattle Mariners been no hit twice. And smack dab in between those two teams. Uh, when it comes to batting average, it's the Milwaukee Brewers. Do you feel like it's inevitable that the Brewers will get no hit this season? Uh, you're putting me on the spot That's there, right. That's right I am, Dave. Good it's morning, Dave. Um, <laughs> I'm going to go out on a limb and say I'm going to say no. Oh, thank you, Dave. I want to I give you some cause for optimism, Ebo. Please, please, because I am in a tough spot right now with the Milwaukee Brewers. Nelson's more in a tougher spot than I am. He's debating not even watching the crew until Sunday. So give us some optimism here, Dave. Well, I wish Ebo wouldn't hold back on his Twitter feed about how he feels about Craig Council. That's oh, no, yeah. <laughs> I, you know, I, I, I don't have to read between the lines on that one. So, uh, what's the what's? Do you have some optimism for us then, Dave, for the Brewers, please? Um, optimism. Um, it can't get any worse. Okay, I'll take that, Dave. There's only four months <laughs> left in the season. Hey, Dave. So, our guy Nelly. Speaking of optimism here, Nelson over here. So he was going through a tough spell. Uh, what'd you lose, Nelly? Six in a row? Was it how many months? Yeah, in a row I think we it? lost six in a row with a couple pushes in there, too. And then last night he finally hit two. Uh, that he, The only two bets he made, he hit them. What's it like? I mean, have you ever gone through a dry spell like that and you just wanted to say F it and, uh, you know, do two double fingers to every sporting league out there? What uh, Did Dave Essler ever go through a dry spell and work his way out of it? No, never. I win every day. <laughs> <laughs> That's why we have you on. No, I, I actually been talking to Rowdy about that. I went through one not that long ago that was probably the most prolonged one I've ever been in. So yeah, oh. I mean it's it's difficult because it it will mess with your mind if you let it. I mean I've been doing it long enough that it normally doesn't, but that one kind of did because you know you're you're either you're either just wrong in your thinking or every you know every fifty fifty ball if you will goes the wrong way. Yeah. Um, you know. So Dave, I. Uh... I uh, was uh, listening to a guy, Nelly, at 6.50 and 8.50. We, that's when he does his Razor's Edge segments where uh, he throws down some bets. And, Nelly, tell Dave who you took and see if he gives you the seal of approval. Yeah, so since the NBA playoff lines are already out for this weekend, I ended up going with the Bucks at minus 4.5. I think the Bucks are built for the playoffs finally this year. Like, I guess I shouldn't say finally, but better than they have been the last two years. And I think uh, them and Miami are two teams going in the opposite uh, trajectory here. Well... I haven't looked at the first game. I've kind of looked at that series, and, you know, I can't figure it out. You know, you've got a lot of factors going in there. The Heat are a above 500 road team. They'd obviously have to, have to win in Milwaukee. And, you know, you, I, I just have to wonder if, you know, obviously Miami beat them last year. Is, is that motivation enough for the Bucks? You know, I mean, that first game of the year, I think they played them and they beat them by 43. And that was obviously – it was clearly motivation – but and then I wonder if the Heat didn't expend too much energy. I think they won 12 or 16 down the stretch trying to avoid that play-in game. And sometimes that works for you or against you. It it can work for you because you're riding momentum. It can work against you because you you know you're just tired. Yeah. So uh, you know I think I would have to agree with the Bucks in the first game in the series. Um, I think they probably get it done. Just I think they you know Miami's a tough team and they're talented and it isn't a great matchup for the Bucks. But so much of basketball is the will and the want to uh, when you get right down to it. And I think the Bucks, uh will and want to might supersede the, 
the talent advantage. And Miami's deep. I think that's yeah. the issue. God, I sure hope so. Dave Esler joining us right now. Follow him on Twitter at Dave underscore Esler, E-S-S-L-E-R. So, Dave, um, regular season NBA to playoff NBA as a, you know, a better, a guy making lines and all this stuff. Uh, do, do you change your uh, approach on what you do in the NBA now that the playoff uh, is here? Because it definitely is a different animal. Yeah, there's a lot going on there. I think I think as far as totals go, they tend to always be a little overinflated. Obviously, that game last night was not, but there were a lot of people on that under last night that obviously got beat. But as a rule, you know, there's always a feeling out process. I mean, they don't just start out firing away. And the other thing that happens is that sort of zigzag theory that I'm sure Rowdy's heard mentioned. Um, you know, it kind of goes every every other game is a different result because. You know, if the Bucks win by 15 in game one, in game two they might be favored by a few too many because the public, they always have this sort of recency bias. They remember what they saw last. So there's always a little inflation from game to game. Same as the total. If the, if the first game they score 240, the second total that probably should be 218 will be 224. So almost... You know, I think if you just go through the playoffs and bet the opposite of every other game, I think you'll be all right. Okay, okay. I'm, I'm jotting down notes here, Dave. Uh, Dave, before I let you go, man, what uh, what's on your docket? What are you looking at uh, maybe tonight or this weekend that you're like, okay, I could put some uh, ca- some cash down on this? What are you looking at? Well, one of my favorite bets tonight involves your Brewers. Uh, I'm sorry. Um, and you guys alluded to it. I like the over in that game against the Reds. You know, part of it, obviously, and, and, and Rowdy said it, it's a small park. It's fairly warm. Not a lot of wind, but... You know, I mean, neither teams are hitting, but I think Hauser and Hoffman are the answer for both. I think the Reds have taken Hauser over the fence seven times in 48 at bats, and I think Hoffman's in regression mode. Hmm. I don't think he's gone. I don't think he's gone past four innings and three straight starts. So I like the over there. Um, I really want to bet the Reds. Actually, the overnight money says the Brewers can't bet, can't bet the Reds bullpen, can't bet the Brewers bullpen. So we'll just leave that alone. White Sox over the Yankees tonight. Almost an auto bet. On the White Sox, over the last two years, they are twenty-three and two. What? Against, uh, twenty-three and two against left-handed starters. You know they had yesterday off. They won ten of thirteen. The Yankees didn't have yesterday off. Uh, in fact, they're in one of my almost auto bet against situations. First game back from a road trip. I, I don't like that at all. So you know here it almost wouldn't matter if Rodon was pitching for the White Sox. That's just an added bonus. Montgomery's uh, had two good starts. One against the Rays, who struggled with lefties. One against Baltimore, who struggles against anybody. So I like the White Sox, and I like the over in your Reds game tonight. Well, Dave, we thank you for your time, man. And uh, thank you for squeezing us in. I know uh, we're, we're thinking about you, man, so I hope everything's cool your way. Uh, are you going to get some golfing today? I am. I am. Going to be a nice I little am. recharge the batteries out there. Going to hit them long, hit them straight. Well, I one would hope, but it's just like gambling. <laughs> hey, remember, there's no gambling at Bushwood, okay? 50, 53.4% you need to win to make money. So I guess if I get 53.4% of my shots correct, um, we'll have to call it good. Dave, I can feel it. I will bet on you today, my friend, over the course. Dave, thanks for your time, man, and good luck. And we'll talk you to you next it, week. Have a good weekend. There he is, Dave Essler. Good stuff there. Follow him on Twitter, Dave underscore Essler, E-S-S-L-E-R. Good stuff from Dave. <laughs> So, uh, Aaron Rodgers, we did not really talk about Rodgers yesterday besides with Rob Reichel, our Packer insider. And then the day before that, we only brought up Rodgers' name once to say, wow, I can't believe we haven't talked about Aaron Rodgers. So it's kind of been nice. It's been two days without really much Rodgers chat. Well, there's been no updates. Remember, it was like that two-week stretch where it was like every single day there was an update on the Aaron Rodgers versus the Green Bay Packers situation. 
but it was almost like the same exact information with just like a slight change in one fact. Yes. Correct. And it was every day for like two or three weeks. Uh, I'm going to have a little music accompaniment to this one. A little John Denver. And the reason why, you know, John Denver, Denver's in the name. Aaron Rodgers watch. We're on day 23 now, but on day 22 yesterday. Apparently, this uh, had sparked a little conversation on a podcast. A reporter for CBS Denver, she goes by the name of Rami Bean, and Rami went on a Broncos podcast and said she had confirmed from two different sources that Aaron Rodgers and John Elway, the Hall of Fame quarterback and current president of football operations for Denver, were seen playing golf together in California. Huh. Well, Rowdy, first of all, before I tell you the update of this, what do you think of what do you think of that? If that is true, two sources confirmed, two different sources confirmed that Rodgers and John Elway, the Hall of Fame quarterback, then obviously president for the Denver Broncos, were playing golf together in California. That's called tampering, but I don't think John Elway can woo anyone anyways. Well, being on the golf course. What do you think of that when you hear that? Sounds like two uh well, one Hall of Fame and one future Hall of Fame quarterback playing golf together. Yes, kind of what it sounds like to me. And now it does show a red flag because maybe maybe he was going to talk to John Elway because John Elway, being a guy that basically was in one spot his whole career, yeah, Denver, yeah, you're, and, you're what it, and what it was like to win a Super Bowl at the end of his career and walk away. So, Rowdy, to your point, yes. But also I think that it throws a red flag up there because if Rodgers is indeed golfing with John Elway, John Elway also once wooed another Hall of Fame quarterback to Denver to win a Super Bowl, and that goes by the name of Peyton Manning. So, all right. A reporter for CBS Denver, Rami Bean, she says two sources confirmed to her that they were playing together in Cali. Quote, this is her quote, I know for a fact that Aaron Rodgers and John Elway have had contact these past couple of weeks. I know for a fact they were playing golf together in California. I know that has happened even though there's tampering or whatever, but how else does John Elway woo these guys unless he get them on a golf course? He says, I actually have this story corroborated on two different sides, which is pretty wild. One is from someone in the golf world who booked the rounds, which is verified, and the other, and by chance, my other source, I had a friend whose friends were playing at the club that weekend and saw John and Aaron, and they came up and they played poker with them. So not only her source is saying that they golf together, but they also are playing poker together. So she had this corroborated on two sides, and she says no one else is talking about this. This is a reporter for CBS Denver. So, Rowdy, not only is John Elway, according to this lady, this reporter for CBS Denver, golfing together, but now they're playing poker together. Is there a little budding friendship between the president of uh, operations here for the Denver Broncos and the Packers quarterback who is at odds with management right now in Green Bay? Huh. I'm still going to say I'm going to hold out on the fact that um, he wants to talk to a Hall of Fame quarterback that stayed with one franchise his entire career, that won two Super Bowls at the end of his career, and then walked away. That is a good And they're playing plot. poker because Aaron Rodgers is his, working on his, his, his bluff yeah. and his poker face with the Green Bay Packers. Has John Denver got it right? Rocky. <laughs> That's my positive spin. Take me home, country roads, to Denver. 
Shailene Woodley, his fiance, splits time between Denver and California. Yeah, the negative spin. This is John Elway trying to meddle. All right, I do have an update. I do have an update from another guy from a different news entity out there in Denver. Take me home to the place. There you go, a little John Denver for you. I also want to get to the follow-up of this Aaron Rodgers, John Elway story, where the reporter for CBS Denver is proclaiming that Rodgers and Elway were out in California golfing and then playing poker together. That's tampering, if that is true. She has two sides corroborating the story, but another NFL entity out of Denver, Benjamin Albright, he said, no, no, hang on a second here. This, Hang on. He proclaimed after listening to the podcast that this Rami Bean was on a CBS Denver. Benjamin Albright says, who works for the Broncos flagship station, so maybe he could be a company man and wants to protect Elway, I don't know. He said the report was not completely accurate. He said basically his sources tell him that John Elway and Aaron Rodgers bumped into each other in passing at the same golf course back in February. And they just exchanged pleasantries. It was not a planned thing. And it was not them, quote unquote, playing together. He said, I hate to take the wind out of the sails of that story, but that's the golf story is not correct. Not completely accurate. Okay, who do you think's uh, more guilty? John Elway or Magic Johnson? John Elway. <laughs> Magic Johnson got fined for tampering with the Milwaukee Bucks because he he tweeted out while he was, you know, ahead of the Lakers. Uh, he tweeted out, <laughs> "Congratulations, congratulations, to Giannis. Giannis! I hope one day he wins a championship." And then they, the NBA, fined Magic Johnson fifty thousand dollars for tampering. Yeah, because there was a lot of chatter that uh, the Lakers were coveting Giannis and wanted him to uh, obviously move yeah. out to LA after his contract was up with the Bucks. Yes. So, <laughs> but you actually, I mean, at least with both of the reports that you just said, it's confirmed that they were on a golf course together. Yeah, at one point in time at they one were point together. Time, whether it was. In February or whether it was yesterday. Yeah, so they were they were at least at minimum on the same golf course and bumped into each other. And had exchanged words. Now, I'm going to go on a limb and say if Aaron Rodgers were to come or John Elway, I don't know who came first and whatever, but if you're in the clubhouse and you're getting your stuff ready and to go out to you know, you know, tee off, I assume someone would say, oh, hey, Rodgers, did you know that John Elway's here? Or someone would say, oh, Elway, Rodgers just checked in. You guys should link up. I assume they would know that they were on the course together and they just happened to bump into each other. Now, you say that. You say that, obviously, because they're both professional What's quarterbacks. It's some hoity-toity both, course yeah. where everyone's... Do you think if, Which I assume it is. if uh, Brock Osweiler was there <laughs> that they would tell John Elway that he was there golfing that day? Uh, John Elway comes in and the club attendant's like, oh, by the way, uh, Brock Osweiler's here. I bet you Elway would go... All right, here's a couple hundred bucks. Take that bum off the course. I don't even want to see him. Escort him off now. Or he just walks back out and chooses a different course for the day. Yeah, because I don't think Brock Osweiler and uh, John Elway like each other. <laughs> In fact, do you remember when uh, Peyton Manning got hurt and Brock Osweiler thought he was going to go rocking into the game? And then as Osweiler puts his helmet on for the Broncos and starts trotting out, his, some coach like holds him back, and then Elway, or I'm sorry, Peyton Manning, puts his helmet back on and runs out there in the, just the look of despair. On I mean, Osweiler's face. Joke's on us, though. Brock Osweiler convinced uh, Bill O'Brien to give him 
gob tons of mon- money. Bill that O'Brien, he the Texans was GM, absolutely and coach. terrible with the Texans, and they replaced him shortly after. Rowdy, knowing how Bill O'Brien ran a team, I think we, you and I could convince him to give us a bunch of money to do something involving. With well, the Texans. sadly, we didn't get to. We never got that chance. We're talking Aaron Rodgers. Apparently, John Denver. <laughs> John Elway, not John Denver, John Elway of the Denver Broncos wooing Aaron Rodgers. Now, one source says they were golfing together, playing poker together. That was from CBS Denver. And then the flagship uh, station for Denver of the Broncos, Benjamin Albright, saying, nah, that's not the case. They just bumped into each other in passing uh, back in February. It was not a planned thing. So I don't know. Believe whichever you want to believe. It's, there's smoke. I don't know if there's how much fire there is, but there's definitely some smoke. But here's the thing. It doesn't matter what John Elway or Aaron Rodgers want. Because correct. They could want obviously Aaron Rodgers to be traded to the Denver Broncos and Elway could want to sign a lot of other big time free agents that could potentially be cut June 1st. But there's an entity stopping that, right? Yeah, there's still a team called the Green Bay Packers <laughs> that have to agree to said trade. Correct. And they still hold all the power because Aaron Rodgers is under contract. For three more years. Brian Gutekunst is like He-Man. I have the power. And what's he going to do with that big sword of his? I don't know. Could you imagine, though, if Aaron... Part of me... There's a small part of me kind of wants to see this. Aaron Rodgers is held uh, hostage by the Green Bay Packers. And they say, nope, we're not trading you. You You can sit out. For three seasons, and then basically the contract expires. Mm-hmm. Could you imagine Aaron Rodgers? He probably wouldn't show up to the games, but sitting out, but still under contract for the Packers for three seasons hmm. and seeing him try and go wherever he would like to go at age 40 and so, see what he's got left in the tank but, after not playing for three seasons. But every season when Rodgers goes groveling and begging, this would be Brian Gutekunst right here. <laughs> That's Brian Gutekunst. That's live. You, that's live audio from Brian Gutekunst. Could you imagine if, say, Jordan Love isn't very good, and the the Packers are like a six and I guess eleven, eight and nine, nine and eight type team now with the seventeen game seasons, mm-hmm. but he just refuses to trade Aaron Rodgers, and they're just loading up on draft picks. <laughs> That's Goody. And then, and then, so that, I mean, now we're really getting into uh, fantasy conspiracy land. That's fine. That's Friday. They load up on all these draft picks for three years and they actually hit on them. Mm-hmm. And they're really putting a good team around love. And then at the end of the day, Rodgers is 40 years old looking for a team to sign with. And he, he has to put his tail between his legs and sign back with the Packers because they're the absolute best roster <laughs> outside of Jordan Love. I'd die laughing. I'd die too. Let's go to the phones quick. Welcome to the show. Who's this? Mitch and Madison. Hey, Mitch, I've been wondering where you've been, bro. It's like, where's my where's my boy been? Oh, dude, working, you know? Putting food to, on Mitch, the table. Mitch, I got to say this. A lot of people say that. It's time to quit your job and listen full-time. I mean, figure you, out a way, guys, you got to figure out a way to get paid for that, but quit your job, it, listen full-time. Exactly. You know, dude, I'd be down with that. That's for sure. <laughs> we'll figure out the uh, the money flow for you, okay? We'll figure that out. Right. We'll get All the right. research All department right. on that. Oh, nice, nice. We might um, be researching that for a while. Yeah, <laughs> Mitch, what's on your mind, my homie? Yeah, so uh, I mean, you forget you, uh, uh, the freaking uh, Lafleur. Oh, we just want him back in the worst way. <laughs> oh my, that like, that was so bad. Like 
don't play poker, Lafleur, because he, you know who he reminded me of, and I don't want to dog on dog, any, just dog, dog on it. We don't any, care. Well, any com- well, no, I don't want to dog any commercial stuff. He reminded me of whoever did the, does the voice for those Saint Vinny's. Commercials. Oh my God, those are. <laughs> like, uh, I, I'll, I'll stop myself right there. Those are something. Right. No, I hear it. It, it dude. It, it, every time they come on, it just it throws me off because I'm like, it's, it just, yeah, it's just crazy. But, I'll say, Mitch, yeah, it really, I mean, it really makes me want to go to Saint Vinny's. Right. <laughs> oh man. Anyways, but, uh, support your local St. Vinny's. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I love me some St. Vinny's. Same, so. same. Found yeah. some good finds there. Yeah, Rowdy sure. found a Tullamore Dew shirt there. Yeah, and uh, Tony Romo jersey. <laughs> nice, nice. <laughs> Anyways, what's um, in your mind, Mitch? <laughs> no, man. I I don't know. I like you said. It, well, it's kind of funny because if this wasn't going on. What would we even really be talking about? How right bad now? the Brewers are, and you can only do that so much. But that's, right, exactly. But let's go, let's go, Bucks here, quick. Yeah, we're coming. Um, Bucks coming up. But you started off, Mitch. Yeah, I really think you know. A lot of people are like, "Oh, they're playing the Heat again. The Heat beat them." Uh, there's a huge difference between this roster and the last one. We don't have Eric Bledsoe anymore, baby, because Holiday is three hundred percent better than. Than uh, Bledsoe, and I, I think they'll, they'll beat them. I mean, I think it'll be pretty. You going Bucks and six or better? Yes, yeah. I, I, I we'll we'll say Bucks and six because the Heat are good, but I just don't think just uh, pound for pound, guy for guy, um, they're going to be able to handle toe to toe, Bledsoe, knuckle to knuckle. Exactly, exactly. Mitch, you the man. That was it. We'll you see. Know, it. Not, we'll, not hey, too much today. We'll see you at St. Vinny's later today. Okay. Yes, sir. I see you, buddy. <laughs> Let's go back to the phones quick. Welcome to the show. Who's this? Charlie? Gentlemen. Oh, Sean! Sean? How's it going? Dude, not only was I thinking about Mitch yesterday, like haven't heard from him, I saw a post from you pop up. I'm like, first of all, A, how's my boy Sean doing? And B, haven't heard from him in a while. Sean, how are you? Yeah, I'm just still hanging around. They tried their best, but they can't get rid of me yet. Are you still like doing your like uh, like strict quarantine thing because of the... Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm down. I found out that the... Uh, I thought it was a six-month thing. I was wrong. It's a two-year program. What? No, this so isn't. Like, this, is, this isn't COVID-related, right? This is just like everything. No, related. no, no. Yeah, this is. It's another. It's a immune deficiency issue with my lungs. So Judas. It's got nothing to do with COVID, but I was told that if I get COVID, I die because I could my system couldn't handle it. So yeah. that's why I hang out in the house and I listen to you guys. Hey, well, I hope we're entertaining you, brothers. Exactly. What's See, I did. I. I I luckily got to do what Mitch needs to do. I quit my job so I could listen to you guys full time. <laughs> and also to stay alive. Yeah, well, there's that too. I guess we are but, really uh, helping you stay alive. Then. <laughs> exactly. As far as this Packers thing goes, first of all, the whole tampering thing's a joke because, like you guys said, Elway and Aaron Rodgers can agree to anything they want unless the Packers say okay. It's just a fart and a win, so who cares? <laughs> He's He-Man. And, Brian Gutekunst is He-Man. All exactly. The power. And and second of all, I mean, when they're talking about you know potential tampering, okay, so Aaron Rodgers is in the the locker room or whatever at the golf course. He finds out always there. What's he supposed to do? Like move in major league and hide the locker? <laughs> I mean, that's so stupid. Yeah, I would. There, I would continue to go golf. Professional athletes or ex-professional athletes that that you know have some kind of tertiary you know friendship or know each other. Yeah, just, just shut up. What this just comes down to is this is both sides. This is one side full of dicks going up against another dick. But unfortunately, the side that you know got all the dicks 
have all the power too. So tampering's a joke. It's not happening. They're all like Richards. I said. They're all Richards. Exactly. I mean, what are they going to do? I mean, there's you know, there's always the poison pill too. So you know, whatever. <laughs> tampering's a joke. So I hope you guys have a wonderful day and enjoy that brandy tonight, homie. You got it, Sean. Thanks for quitting your job and listening full time. We appreciate it. Nope, pipe on me. There he is. Good stuff. That's the commitment we need here. You quit your job and you listen full time. Mitch, I hope you took notes from Sean. Sean, we hope you stay alive too because we love you, brother. Okay, Rowdy. Final days of the 2020-2021 NBA regular season filled with playoff teams strategically managing their lineups in order to land ideal playoff matchups. Uh, the Milwaukee Bucks, uh, when they played against the Miami Heat on last Saturday, they were the team obviously that knocked them out in the 2020 bubble. Uh, they could have had uh, sat the Bucks there as their best players to help Miami move up to the five seed in the East if the Bucks would have lost to them, and that would have set up a matchup either with the New York Knicks or the Atlanta Hawks for the Bucks. But instead, if you remember, the Bucks played all their stars and they won one twenty-two to one hundred eight last Saturday, as they should too. Yes, there's enough of the Bucks that just roll over and and let a team beat them so that they have a better matchup. Yeah, we don't want no CWD. The Bucks instead, like I said, played their stars and they beat the Heat, and then that set up a collision course in the first round, the three versus six, the Bucks versus the Heat. So, saying that, uh, right here, it could have been argued that the Bucks were merely attempting to keep their own hopes for the two-seat Easton alive, but Milwaukee's owner, co-owner Mark Lazary, went on CNBC Wednesday, uh, CNBC on Wednesday in, in an interview. He made it clear that the Bucks wanted to play the Heat in the first round. He said, no, 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 we did. And you can see we did, and the reason why is because when we played the Heat, we played our guys, the Stars. We didn't do what a lot of other teams have done, which was sit their Stars. We played our guys to make sure we wanted to send a message. And I think the message has been received and I think it will be a great matchup for us. So Mark Lazary, the co-owner on CNBC, throwing it down, saying we wanted to send a message, and we did it. Is this a be careful what you wish for situation? Is Mark Lazary? I'd say it's a little bit of that, but you know what else I think it's a lot of? Hmm. It's a lot of shut up. <laughs> What, Lazary? Yeah. You don't play on the... You don't know what they're thinking. You literally sit in your ivory tower. Yes, I'm a hedge fund manager in New York, lovey. Shut up. This is what we wanted. Oh, you also wanted to lose that game at the end of the year. What was that? Three years ago so you could play the Boston Celtics? You wanted that matchup too, and guess how that treated you? Didn't, didn't you treat them well. You lost to the Celtics. That was scary Terry. Terry Rozier and company getting their done over the Bucks. Now, Jimmy Butler did not play any of the games against the Bucs in the regular season. Jimmy Butler may not be the scoring machine. Well, some nights he is. But Jimmy Butler may not be the scoring machine every night, but that dude figures out ways to win games. I Yeah, because he's a gamer. I am nervous about if you're going to rely on a guy named Chris Middleton to help win you a game. When well, have you ever seen Chris Middleton win you a game when it really matters? I think the Bucks they do win the series. That's why we said in six, just the other segment. I, I think they do win in six. It's going to be a good series, right? It's finally not a Detroit Piston type series <laughs> where it's like, okay, they're going to play four, maybe five games. Bucks are going to blow them out and ho-hum, let's go to the semifinals, right? Yes. No, this is going to be a good series because we talked about it last year. I picked the Heat to beat the Bucks. In yeah, the and you got a lot of flack. 
because they match up really well against the Bucks. But here's the thing: Bucks I think this team. Bucks team is both teams are obviously different. It's a it's a year ago. Yeah, and there's it's a different. They're both different. But teams. the Bucks are a better team built for the playoffs now. Are they, they are they built back better, Rowdy, against the Heat? Some may say that. <laughs> well, they got Drew Holiday now, and Drew Holiday is definitely a huge market uh, upgrade over a guy like Eric Bledsoe. Here is Drew Holiday. People have saying that he's he's the difference. He's the difference of why they're going to get through the heat this year. Here's Drew. I'm honored, to be honest. I think for somebody who just wants the opportunity to win and do the best that they can to come to a team like this and, and try to make something happen, I'm I'm ready for this. I'm I'm excited to, to get going. So he's ready. He's excited. He's uh, asked if there's pressure on him. I think I always put that on myself because those are my teammates. Those are the guys that I go out there and, and fight with. Like, we... We come in here when nobody's looking, and, and, and we fight against each other, and we try to make each other better. So to do it out there on the court and to do it together, I feel like, and hopefully they feel this way too, but it's like a brotherhood. Uh, I want to be able to support them and make them better just like they make me better. Rowdy, you had something on the tip of your tongue? No, like? I was just going to say with like the difference in rosters for the Bucks. in my opinion, looking at this Bucks roster with you know adding the Drew Holidays, adding the P.J. Tuckers, adding the Bobby Portises, picking up Jeff Teague during the season, Yeah, it's like... You look at the team and you look at how it's filled out, you know, roughly 15 players on a basketball team. Yep. I would say the last two years, the Bucks were super deep for about 13, 14 per, uh, of those positions. Sure. And now you look at the team now and it, they don't have 14 guys that you're willing to play, you know, more than 15 minutes like they could have potentially done with a lot of guys the last two years. Yeah. I think you look at this team, though, and I would say – Players in rotation numbers seven through eight. So you're starting five and like the first three off the bench. They're better players Very overall nice. than those guys that they were rotating last year. Correct, now, the, yeah. now players nine through 15 might be worse, but I think uh, where this might play into the Bucks' hand here is, it, is do you remember what Booty would do? Wouldn't play his stars enough. Yeah, Bud. Uh, I'm, I'm load management. Bud in the was playoffs. playing Giannis 35 minutes in those Heat games. Huh. Well, if you take away the depth. It's going to force the coach's hand to play the stars. You don't isn't think it? you think Bud won't find a way to sit Giannis? Well, if he doesn't find a way to <laughs> then play, he's going to be booted. You know, forty plus minutes, maybe forty five minutes a game. Then get he's him, give him the walking papers, like Andy Haynes. You fired. Well, and you you'll remember this. I was I was for getting rid of uh, Bud in the offseason. I said it's time to change it up. Well, it's just like when the he was Atlanta Hawks head coach. The guy's a good coach, but he loves second place, and I don't. <laughs> Like, time to switch it up. Well, it's like when he was with the Atlanta Hawks. You have su- such regular season success, and then the playoffs, you'd come up short. All right, Drew Holiday, to your point, a little rowdy. Drew Holiday says they have more talent, and they have more talent than the Heat, but have to match up with them in other ways. Let's lock in. They're a tough team. They play hard. Very disciplined. Yeah, let's let's lock into what they like to do. I feel like uh, talent-wise, we have a bit more of that, but there's things that we have to do to be able to match the energy, things that we can utilize and things that we have in our advantage. So today was one of those days where we practiced that, and I think we did a good good job of kind of going over the game plan a little bit, but I think we'll do a good job, and I think it's going to be a fun series. All right, Jimmy Jimmy Butler's the big X factor, right? That's the guy that that the Bucks didn't see at all in the regular season. And not to, not to keep bringing up but the regular season, but it's a different animal But in the they playoffs. also know what Jimmy Butler brings. They've seen him before. They played against him last year. Yep. Here's, it's, it's a boost to the heat, but it's not like it's it's something the Bucks have never seen before. Correct. Here is Drew Holiday. More from him on Jimmy Butler's game. He says he loves it. Man, he's tough. He's hard-nosed. Great mid-range. Doesn't really shoot threes like that, but can knock him down. But great mid-range. A big game player. 
big shot maker, big on pump fate, very, very strong in the post, very strong defensively as well. So somebody who doesn't back down and again, somebody who I, I respect because I, I love the way he plays. He's definitely my type of guy. I loved, and I know you love this too, Rowdy, during the bubble last year. Didn't love how the bugs, the, the bugs, the Bucks exited, but Jimmy Butler. They played like a bunch of bugs. They got squished. <laughs> Jimmy Buckets. What did he say? Yeah, I'm not bringing my family with me. This is a business trip. And he, he showed it. And here is more from Drew Holiday on Jimmy Butler and how, you know, the Heat didn't have Jimmy Buckets in any of the three games during the regular season. Uh, I, would, I wouldn't say so. Um, I think I've seen and played it enough against Jimmy to know what he does. Um, but I think what he does for their team is gives them a lot of confidence and he makes his team better individually for him. I feel like, again, we know what he does and hopefully they, that's the same for us. So there you go. I mean, to your point, Rowdy, what you just said, like they played against him enough to know what he is and what he does. And Drew Holiday just reaffirms that. All right, now let's move to Giannis Adendokounmpo, the Greek freak. Giannis talks about pressure in the playoffs and what he's learned from the previous runs. Don't, you know, don't get too high, don't get too low. Just go out there, do what you do, compete. Because at the end of the day, uh, we're not going to win 16 games straight. Hopefully, we don't, we don't lose four games straight. So, yeah, don't get too high, don't get too low, and just go out there, compete, have fun. This was the worst thing that could happen. So, Giannis is already saying they're not going to sweep their way to the NBA Finals and uh, you know, hoist well, that's the trophy. probably a safe call. Yeah, it's, put yourself out there, Giannis. But he says he does feel pressure. You know, I believe that pressure is earned. You know, if I wasn't who I am today and I didn't work as hard as uh, I work and I didn't focus in the game and I didn't love the game and I didn't compete the way I am, we wouldn't be talking about pressure. Pressure is earned and uh, I love it. You know, I'm out there, I want to compete and I want more pressure because the better I get, the more pressure I have. So on one hand, you got CBSSports.com having their front page article saying Giannis Adendokounmpo says, I don't know if this year is going to be different, I'm not going to lie. But then there's a clip of Giannis saying how he th- thrives off of pressure. And the more pressure he gets, the better he's going to do. So, one end, you got some entity saying, well... Well, I will say this for Giannis. Now, I've been very hard on him because he doesn't have an all-around game. And in my opinion, to be a guy that can win a championship by yourself, you need an all-around game. Look at why Kawhi Leonard beat him. Yeah. Like, look at why the same guy, LeBron James, happens to be in the finals all the time. Yeah. Like, you need an, you have to be extremely good at what you do, and you have to be good at every single facet. Thus, you're one of the best players in the NBA. Giannis happens to be a guy that can't do that, but he's so good at what he can he's do. He's a monster. That he can overcome a lot of those things until it gets down to the nitty-gritty, and he's playing the guys that can. You know why Giannis didn't want to be in Space Jam 2 with LeBron? Because he would have been better than all those guys and the Monstars. That's, Giannis is such a monster, he would just dominate them all, even though it was written in the script for him not to. But one thing I'll say about Giannis, it's in the last two series, it hasn't been him. That's played bad. That's no, back down. No, it's been the other guys. Yeah, it's been the guys coming like, up short in in uh, Toronto in that series or in Miami in that series. What do they do? They they set up. You have like five guys all just on Giannis. Yeah, they set up that picket fence where they don't let him drive in, and he'd continue to drive in, continue to drive in, and you're like, pass the damn ball. Then he'd finally pass the ball, and then for good reason why he wasn't because the clowns like Middleton or Corbett or Bledsoe, whoever wanted to take that shot, even Lopez was uh, disappearing in the playoffs. 
they never hit the shots for him. And had they yeah. did, it would have opened the lane back up for Giannis. You know why, Roddy? Because they were listening to Rick James's brick house. They were building the brick house out there. So he's never been the one that just shut down and and had terrible games. I think there was maybe one I can remember off the top of my head where it was like, man, he just didn't play well. But overall, it's the guys around him. And bringing in Drew Holiday, Bobby Portis, P.J. Tucker, Drew Holiday by himself he's is going to make he's this a, team he's so awesome. much better. Drew Holiday is awesome. He's one of the best defensive guards in the league. He can knock down an open shot. He obviously isn't afraid to pass the ball. He doesn't need to score every single time down. Yep. And here's the thing. Uh, Giannis talks about here. They, they, they can't let the Heat obviously bring the game to the box. They got to take it to Miami. But it's not about their punch. It's about our punch. Our punch was the regular season. It was the first punch. Now we got to be able to have a second punch. And uh, that's what's going to make us great. Hopefully, you know, we'll be prepared enough in the regular season and put ourselves in a position, you know, get better and build good habits throughout the regular season. And now we can, we're able to execute the second punch, which is basically just got to do what you do, do it with more effort. Giannis punch! Giannis also talks about they got to play a complete game. It's a team that you got to play 48 minutes. You cannot play 38. You cannot play 42, not 44. Got to play 48 minutes in order for you to beat them. You got to bring your A game as effort. Yeah, I mean, this is the playoffs. This isn't regular season if anymore. If you can't bring effort to the playoffs, then you shouldn't be there. And you don't, you don't belong in it unless you're in a play-in tournament. And like, look at the Russ Westbrook. He brought the effort. He's like, yeah, I'm gonna will the, the Washington Wizards in. So there you go, Bucks Heat. Starting. Did I say this is Rick James Commodores? Excuse me. The Commodores brick house. Also, Rob Zombie covered it. All right, Rowdy. No, I don't want to see any of these Milwaukee Bucks building any brick houses starting on Saturday. We need them going in. All right.